<laughs> the pouty face. Oh no, I can only make that one. Hmm. Um. All right, Mr. Johnson, it is time for you to reveal all that you have read to us and the secrets of the universe that you have learned and discussed with J.I. Packer himself. I didn't talk with him. Oh, I well. just read his stuff in the book. Well, you talked with his mind then. <laughs> so now you're ready to reveal to us all that he has taught you. All that you shall learn and know. You shall teach us everything that is in the book called Knowing God. That's such a bad way to say an intro to that book title, isn't it? <laughs> I guess I'm just going to hand you the book and say, read it in your own. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> so welcome back to Use Your Words. I'm Paul, joined with Aaron once again as he's sitting there looking all innocent. As um, he has given us now our new outro. For every episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> outro music. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to create a shirt that just says outro music. Outro music. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And we are now discussing chap the next two chapters of Packer's book, Knowing God, um, the signature edition, of course. And we're going to be discussing chapters seven and eight today. <gasps> Which will be entertaining to say the least. Now, something to note: I am now on a Kindle. I did say I'm moving to a Kindle because mm. of the fact that I was running out of book space. Also, Aaron goes on Friday or Saturday. I'm sorry. Don't hurt me. No, it's Friday. It was Friday. Oh yeah, it was Friday night. It was. And you go. Don't hurt me. I left my book at work. I was reading at work or on my break. <laughs> Don't hurt me. I forgot it. And I was my reaction was like, I wouldn't hurt you. You would just have to learn about two new subjects really quickly within two days. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so I had to come over here anyways yesterday to set up our lovely new video rig. Video equipment and make sure everything worked right and yeah, took four hours to get everything up and running, but we got it yeah. up and running. <laughs> and I left Aaron my book. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't have all my underlines. However, I do still have my notes from chapter seven and eight that I had written up previously to that. Oh. Okay, so you, yeah, you got stuff then. Oh, I got stuff. She's I got, got the stuff. I got AI summaries. I got notes. I got everything here still for seven and eight That's and then for nine and ten all my notes are now in, in my kindle because i have one of those fancy kindle scribes that you can write on mm. ain't i fancy oh it's so fancy you don't even know <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're at so if i happen to say today aaron what did i underline there's a reason for that. It's not because I'm asking Aaron to read my mind or to read my book for me. It's because, well, Aaron actually has my physical book, your book. And he has all my underlines. And I actually taught him some of how I underline and summarize things that kind of blew his mind a little bit before we it started recording. did. Oh, it did. And I had never thought of such ways before. You've obviously um, never written a lot of research papers before <laughs> in college. What's college? Okay, exactly. 
<laughs> not, not trying to cut you down or anything, but no, I that's I do it all myself. All right, so <laughs> ch- let, let's go ahead and get started. Chapter seven and eight of Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Yes. Now, chapter seven of Knowing God is titled "God Unchanging." Hey, look at that! Correct. It actually is oh. called "God Unchanging." Look at that! Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, in this chapter, and I am going to read the AI summary first. Oh, I know. I don't have an AI. You and your AI stuff. I don't have an AI summary for nine ten just because I didn't I didn't have enough time to do it, but I have it for seven and eight. Anyways, in this chapter, Packer emphasizes the importance of understanding that God is unchanging or immutable in his character and attributes. Now, I know we've talked about the word immutable before. And Aaron's giving me the blank stare, deer in the headlight stare. We did. We probably definitely have. Oh, yeah. We've talked about mutable versus immutable. Well, immutable just can't be changed. Immutable can't be changed. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Immutable is unchanging. It cannot be changed. Immutable. Immutable can be changed. Can be changed. Yes. Yep. So, like I said, we've talked about immutable, immutable before. Yes. Okay. Just making sure you are on the same page here. Yes. Packer argues that a correct understanding of God's immutability is crucial for our spiritual growth and our ability to trust God. He explains if we believe God's character and attributes can change then we cannot have complete trust in him or rely on his promises. On the other hand, if we understand that God is unchanging, then we can trust him fully and have confidence in his promises. Packer also discusses some common misunderstandings about God's immutability, including the idea that God's unchanging nature means he is distant or uninvolved in our lives. Packer emphasizes that while God's character and attributes are unchanging, he is still intimately involved in our lives and desires a personal relationship with us. Furthermore, Packer highlights how the truth of God's unchanging nature improves our daily lives as believers. He suggests that if we truly believe God is unchanging, we will strive to grow in our knowledge of him and seek to obey him more fully. Packer also argues that a a correct understanding of God's immutability will lead us to worship him more deeply and appreciate his unchanging character and attributes. Overall, chapter 7 of Knowing God emphasizes the importance of understanding and appreciating God's unchanging nature as it is foundational to our spiritual growth and our ability to trust and worship Him fully. Good job, AI. Boom. That's pretty much what I thought about this one. Yeah. I'm going to call you out. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though. It's, uh, I did uh, find this morning, um, today, well, today being a Sunday, um, that was kind of what our sermon was about at church today, was trusting and obeying God. Okay. Hmm. Neato. Is it neato? Yeah. All right. If it's neato, as you put it. Yes. It's very neat. All right. So, again, I don't have what I highlighted. So, if I referenced something, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Right. You might have to correct me on something I did or didn't highlight. Okay. But that being said, Going over what you highlighted, what you wrote, what your notes, what your thoughts are, what you ep- emphasize, and what you process, and what you summarized here. What are your thoughts on Chapter Seven of God Unchanging? Oh my goodness! Um, and I'll say this: Chapter Seven and Eight, unlike the previous couple chapters, 
is not as thick and heavy and right and meaty as I know. Them. It wasn't. I wasn't just like seven through ten are actually this. quite small and not yeah. as not as not as thick. Right. They're only like maybe they're only one C or standard spelling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, yeah. So. Right. I'm glad we attributed that to Packer. I'm sure he would appreciate that for his life. He'd be like, what is this What is thick? You talk. I don't know why he has that accent in my head. No, he, he just does. I mean, he's British. But, uh, right? Yeah. British and Canadian. English, and, whatever. Yeah. And I apologize if my face all of a sudden looks like I have, like, got this heavenly glow. It's the sun, like, oh. ace shooting right out of my face. It's because we're talking here. about oh, God. He's giving you a glow. Also, <laughs> I don't know why. I just totally realized his last name is Packer. For the longest time, I thought it was Packert. No. I don't know. I got nothing for this. <laughs> just because that's how I thought I always heard his J Packert. And I was like, T at the end of that? And then I looked at it, I was like, it's literally just Packer. You've had the book for how long? <clears throat> I, I've never, Have you read I've this never, book? I've, I've never had felt the need to read the, the, the author's name. <sighs> I swear I have been reading. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> the pouty face. Oh, no. I can only make that one. Hmm. Um. My gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you for helping me learn. I got nothing. <laughs> I got, yeah, I got no defense. I, just, I'm sorry I'm being, for anyone at home. I'm being vulnerable. Okay. I'm putting myself out there. What, that you don't know how to read? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess. Gotta start somewhere. Right? Okay, I'll get you the book. The cat jumped over the moon. Okay, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, enough so, screwing around here. How? <laughs> tell me your thoughts on chapter, chapter seven of Packers. <laughs> Packers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> golly. Uh, Drummert. <laughs> Breaking the habitat. <laughs> Got nothing. <laughs> um, goodness. Well, oh my gosh, dang it. So for for chapter seven, um, okay, God unchanging. Yeah. Um. I mean, just pretty much you have the whole first page. Underlined. Well, again, as so you have your own strategic way of underlining things. Right. Um, <laughs> the things that did, like, I don't know. Well, I guess that stuck out to me because I guess I, I, I guess we kind of relate to, which I did uh, thought was interesting with this morning from the sermon, too, where it was talking about, you know, like the Bible's very clear on things and whatnot. And, stuff but i was like for this sentence but in the second paragraph um but as we read we get more and more puzzled um just through 
well the first yeah for that first sentence um and reading the bible because especially for me i don't understand always a whole lot um so that definitely makes it challenging to some degree um because it's like i feel like i have to reread over and over and over and over again that whole thing with repeating and like going over stuff a lot you know get you i get sick of it <laughs> even what's from the bible huh well i mean i'd like to be able to not have to do that but i my 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 smartness level isn't there um let me ask you this then. what and, and this is just a general question it's nothing found in the book at all so it's just riffing off of your comment you just oh, said now great yeah you, you because you you're like oh my smartness level blah 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 not able yeah. to understand it. It, it is because i've heard a couple different people i'm not gonna say who you know some who go well i need to know the historical oh. things going on with it to understand it or i need to know the cultural things is any of that part of that for you let me ask that first well, did i need to know that yeah It'd be good to know that, but is it I think like it's important? To but know is it that. like a big impediment? Is like, are you going like, well, I can't understand this sentence if I don't understand the historical context of which this word was written in? Is that a thing for you, or is it more along the lines of it'd be nice to know, but not necessary to know? I'm just curious. Eh, probably it's probably more along the lines of the second one. So it'd be nice to know. Okay. Um. But I mean, for me, it's. Li- I mean, I guess it is just literally having the understanding of what some of the words actually mean as far as i guess gosh hot diggity um but i guess that doesn't get me hung up to where i don't try and keep going Hmm. yeah yeah. Don't overthink it. I was just I was just yeah, questioning. Well, I'm good at that. Don't worry. I will. Okay. And the reason I <laughs> the reason I bring that up is because if, if if you read near the bottom of that page, right? He mm-hmm. talks, uh, well, what is our oh. trouble? Well, basically is this our Bible is taking us into what for us is quite a new world, namely the Near Eastern world as it was thousands of years ago years ago. Right. Primitive and barbaric. Right. So that's why I was wondering if that was part of it or if not. Because I know for some people that is a hang up. For some people, it it's not so much. Like me, I'm more curious about it, but mm-hmm. it's not a hang up to where I. It's like, well, I I can't understand it until then. It's a. Uh, mm. oh, okay. I will try to understand as best as I can, <clears throat> but once I learn something about it, then usually it's like, oh well, this adds another level it, of context to it. Right. Um. Yeah, I would say more so along those lines then. Uh, What I wrote in my notes was this. um, It all belongs to that world, not this world. In other words, some people see the old archaic world that the Bible is written in, and because of that, don't understand how it applied to this world and life then. Uh, This assumes and makes a great assumption on the fact that everyone thinks this way. While this may be true of some people, this is not a universal method of thinking. In fact, the biggest problem is actually the opposite of that, where we ignore 
the things going on in the past and take everything exactly as it is in the current world. In other words, you try to take our current standards and methodologies and thoughts and apply it on old world ways and try to apply, yeah, the current world to the ancient past. Um, and I wrote, maybe this was something that was not as big a thing going on at the time when Packer was writing, uh, taking current things and apply, try and apply it to the past um, when he was writing his book. But nowadays, that seems to be all too common where people were taking modern things, putting them in the past, ignoring the past completely. Right. Or taking the uh, modern cultural morals and saying, obviously, because I believe in this, then that means that's what everyone believes in, especially in the olden days. Because I am smart. I got the brains. No. Yeah, I, I didn't think. I I guess that was kind of a new, I like concept for me is where, yeah, uh, how we cannot see how the two worlds link up. Um, because obviously, yes, they are very different, night and day different, from how things were back then to now. Right. But like to some degree, it's still the same. Yeah, to some degree, we're still human, we're still fallen, we're still right. sinful, we're still greedy, we're still liars, we're still deceitful, we're still full of envy, pride, lust, jealousy, greed. Uh, shall I continue on the list? We're still the same way in that regard. Yeah. Just how we do it is different. Now we have the internet, so we can do it way faster than we could before. And now we can do it intercontinentally, internationally, over a wide instead swath of, of area instead of just our little town and yeah. swindling the little old lady that lives just next door. <laughs> you know. Welcome to the modern world where our sin has gone to the speed of light through the internet. Sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. That's it where true we're that. at at this Correct. point. You know. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else in Chapter 7? So I have some notes, but I just wanted to see if we can co- if there's anything that you wanted to cover first uh, before we got into that. Because 7 is not that really long of a, pa- uh, a passage, a chapter, a chapter in and of itself. But even though that's the case, I do have some notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have anything. I mean, besides, I mean, obviously the stuff that you have underlined is some of it's Probably the, You're going to have to remind me what I had underlined because I um, don't remember what I have underlined. Right. I, I have an ununderlined chapter in front of me. So in 76. Yes, in my book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. I want it when I get my book back. I kind of want to see um, what you underlined. Yeah, underlined comp- in comparison or the same. But uh, so you do have uh, in the first actual like full paragraph on 76. Um, it all belongs to that world, not to this world. Um, yeah, and that's kind of that note I just read as well. Right. Um, and like I said, I still have some of my notes in my Notion, so that's why I was like, oh, look, I have some of my notes here. Ta-da. Yes. And then, so yeah, the, the two links, which, yep. Go on. Uh, so it's, yeah, we can ask you how the two worlds link up. And then you have underlined the sense of remoteness is an illusion which springs from seeking the link between our situation and that of the various Bible characters in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So hold up. Let me... And I wrote this in my notes. The link between us and the past is God himself. 
Yes. Because God does not change and he is immutable. Yes. And then I wrote this next thing. We are mutable. God isn't. Right. Simple. Honestly, if I had to summarize this chapter, it would be those words. We are mutable. Mm -hmm. God isn't. Yeah. Um, and I had a sarcastic statement there after it, somewhere on page 77 um, where, where he talks about strain, shock, or lobotomy can change, can alter the character of a person. I go, really now? Where is it? <laughs> oh, at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? Strange shock or lobotomy can alter a person? No, never knew that or thought of that at all. But, but I, I know that was me being sarcastic. But, but I didn't need to be. <laughs> Anyways, go on. Um, okay, so then, yeah, so that finishes uh, 76, because then you have on uh, the God is the link. God himself is the link. Um, that he's uh, exactly the same. Yeah, for God does not change in the least particular. Um, so seventy-seven, you have God's immutability. Um, the first and fundamental difference between the Creator and His creatures is that they are immutable, and their nature admits of change. Whereas God is immutable, and then you have the lovely lobotomy line <laughs> underlined. Yeah. Um. I think I there was something for me in um which wow I didn't go through and underline it again. Um created things have a beginning and and this is on 77, sorry. So created things have a beginning and an ending, but not so their creator. The answer to the child's question, who made God, is simply that God did not need to be made. For he was always there. He exists forever exists forever and he is always the same he does not grow older his life does not wax or wane which i've never heard that before okay you've never heard wax or wane yeah okay so you know the moon right yes it waxes and wanes waxes and wanes as it goes from a a new moon to a full moon and then full moon back to a new moon that's waxing and waning you know how it's like lighting up part of it on its way to becoming a full moon and then going back away oh. to a new moon. So that's what waxing and waning is, if you want to think of that imagery there. Interesting. Okay. Um, he does not gain new powers nor lose those he once had. He does not mature or develop. He does not get stronger or weaker or wiser as time goes by. He cannot change for the better, wrote A.W. Pink, for he is already perfect, and being perfect, he cannot change for the worse. Um, and I liked, <laughs> I did like the little, uh, um, the, I guess, is that, I'm just guessing a section of a hymn, we blossom and flourish as leaves on the tree, and wither and perish, but not, not changes thee. Yeah, it's just a section of the hymn. Yeah. And I, I don't know what hymn it is, but yeah, it is there. Kind of cool. But yeah, I'm surprised you never heard of waxing and waning before. Oh. That's, 
And this is where my brain just really, you know, disappoints me. Because, of course, when I read Wayne, the first thing I thought of was Bruce Wayne. I don't like my mind sometimes. <laughs> I don't I don't understand it. How did you think of Bruce Wayne with that? Oh, it's literally just because of the word Wayne. I was like, Wayne, oh, Bruce. Hmm. Uh yeah. My mind is scattered. <laughs> I'm glad there are people who can now experience this with me. And just see, just never see my expression of like, what the heck? Where does this come from? It's just deep. No, maybe Ooh. not deep. In my, it's just somewhere in this thing in the in my skull okay um uh, is there anything else in for here? me on 77 no is there anything that you no no okay um unless i underlined and forgot nope on 78 though however you have god's revealed name is of course more than a label it is a revelation of what he is in relation to us and then Mm-hmm. We have the section where it says, in Exodus 3, we read how God announced his name to Moses as I am who I am. Um, a phrase of which Yahweh, Jehovah the Lord, is in effect for, uh, is in effect a shortened form. <sighs> Wait, oh, yeah, I'm just saying, instead of saying I am who I am. Um. Oh, I think I did. I think I unlined that too. So in Exodus thirty-four, however, we read how God proclaimed His name, the Lord, to Moses by listing the various facets of His holy character: the Lord, the Lord Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining. Love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children. That's terrifying. God's moral moral character is changeless. I don't know what this uh J A S one seventeen J S. Is that just supposed to be James? Yes, I believe so. Why did they put an S in there? I guess whatever, James. I don't know. With which I'm guessing the for that is with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is James. I did confirm yeah. that. Okay, as you can see on the screen. Yeah. God's truth does not change. You had this underlined as well, which I put a little star next. Well, yeah, I put a star next to, and then that was something I had. I'm smarter than I thought. What? (laughs) I'm underlining all those things. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, People sometimes say things that they do not really mean. 
simply because they do not know their own mind. Then I put also underlined because their views change and they frequently find that they can no longer stand behind the things they said in the past. Yes. So I guess that's our, our us being mutable. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes <laughs> I like this at the bottom um, of that paragraph where it says, sometimes we have to eat our words because hard facts refute them. That's a tough one. That's definitely uh, something people have a hard time doing. Question for you. No. Yes. Did Jesus ever have to walk back and eat his words? No. Okay. I was like, is this a trick question? Okay. No, it's oh, not. Okay. No. It's like, what? The, the reason I ask is uh, this guy right here, I'm going to play this. Um, oh. Uh, this can't, comes from Not the Bee. Oh, and and I the the caption on this article says, I promise you this is real. It's not a parody. It's not deep fake. And despite the bizarre presentation, yeah, this dude really published this. And I know this guy. I've seen him around on social media enough. Oh, it is okay. real. This guy has said this. And he doesn't walk it back, but he says Jesus had to repent. Did you know that there's a part of the Gospel of Mark where Jesus uses a racial slur? In Mark chapter 7, there's the account of the Seraphonician woman, a woman who is Syrian and Greek, both of which there were strong biases against within the Jewish community. And she comes to ask Jesus to heal her daughter who's possessed by a demon. And what is Jesus' response? He says, it's not good for me to give the children's food, meaning the children of Israel's food, to dogs. He calls her a dog. What's amazing about this account is that the woman doesn't back down. She speaks truth to power. She confronts Jesus and says, well, you can think that about me, but even dogs deserve the crumbs from the table. Her boldness and bravery to speak truth to power actually changes Jesus' mind. Jesus repents of his racism and extends healing to this woman's daughter. I love this story because it's a reminder that Jesus is human. He had prejudices and bias, and when confronted with it, he was willing to do his work. And this woman was willing to stand up and speak truth. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, I just had I had that in my notes, and so I had to put in there, I was like, yeah, because we're talking through this whole thing of like how sometimes we have to eat our words as humans or we have to be like, hey, I didn't know all that. So I'm not going to just. And this guy's going, oh, Jesus was mute, was mutable. That's interesting. I'm like, no, that's not cool. My note says, modern times we have direct contradiction of this idea that God and Jesus in turn is immutable and does not need to repent. Or God and Jesus is mutable. I should have said immutable. I should have said mutable in my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, does uh, take for example Brandon Robertson that's his name he's a gay pastor that believes in gay marriage and all that fun stuff but yeah that yeah <laughs> sorry when you said that I was like oh that reminds me of my <gasps> note and you know eating your oh, words repenting going back because you know repenting is a lot of times is saying hey I was wrong I was I did something wrong I should have done something wrong or I said something wrong it's repenting it's you know saying sorry and Jesus never had to do that, you know, oh. because he is, like God, immutable. Uh, so he doesn't change in that regard. So that's what I was like, mm-hmm. And it's like, Aaron brought it up. It's time for me to bring my <laughs> Time to share. Well, he's going to be eating those words at some point. 
You mean oh. he's mutable and he's going to repent at some point? Yeah, Brandon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully he repents. Shoot. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's going. What else did I underline in your in the chapter? Wow. The next thing was the words of humans. Oh, wow. The words of human beings are unstable things. Uh-huh. That was the uh, end for uh, 78 for you. Okay. Um, goodness. <laughs> Going to uh, 79, unless there was something you wanted to. No. No. no I don't have anything else in my notes, so mm-hmm. I must have not thought everything that I underlined was important. Because just because I underlined something in a book doesn't mean I necessarily think it's. Um, after a second go through is important enough to note down. Discuss. Well, at the top of the page, you have find where God changes his mind. I'm guessing that's what you. That that was a note there. to myself for something. Ah, okay. But yeah. I never, I never thought it was important enough to go back and look at because that, that's a discussion I remember having back in uh, youth group was like, does God ever change his mind? Sort of deal. But the thing is, just because we understand it maybe as a change of mind, was it a change of mind? Or was it outside of his character to do that? It, it's, it's, a, it's a very nuanced thing. It's not a very black and white in that regard. It's a very nuanced because it might have been something where God wanted it this way. But from our human understanding, it seemed different. Mm. But... I as as I went through it, I was like, you know what? It doesn't add enough to the conversation that I was like, uh, it's not worth it for me to investigate. You have remember that God still stands behind all the promises, okay, and demands, and statements of purpose and words of warning that are there addressed to New Testament believers. God's ways do not change. And this is where you have, <laughs> well, Calvin written, <laughs> written down on the side. Uh, he continues to act towards sinful men and women in the way that he does in the Bible story, moving some of those who hear it to repentance while leaving others in their unbelief. Mm. Was there anything else in, in this chapter that you like underlined that was jumped out to you ah uh, yes i see some scribbly underlines so i know that's <laughs> some me scribbly underlines <laughs> of course yeah all right so what was in your scribbly underlines so yeah that's me right yeah oh, yeah that's me so to read a little bit before where i have started the underlining one of two things causes a man to change his mind and reverse his plans Want of foresight to anticipate everything or lack of foresight to ex- execute them. All right. Was there anything else then after that? On the last page. Yeah. If God is the same, mm-hmm. this is not an issue that any one of us can evade. Um, I'm going to just for the heck of it, read that whole little paragraph there. It's the last page, the last small paragraph. Okay. But the thought brings a searching challenge to, if our God is the same as the God of the New Testament believers, how can we justify ourselves in resting content 
with an experience of communion with him and a level of Christian conduct that falls so far below theirs. If God is the same, this is not an issue that any one of us can evade. Why Why did you, like, why did underline I... that? Why did you do that? Why? I guess was I thinking, oh, maybe I'm missing something with this whole first part, because it's, in the section, we are to be like them, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing it's saying we are to be like the believers in essentially what the he's old get, and new testament. Yeah, essentially what he's getting at here is he's going back to the start of chapter where mm-hmm. he's saying it belongs to that world, not this world. It belongs to the old testament, the BC, the you know, the the old eastern world, not our current modern western world you know and he's going but why where's this distance where's this difference between our two worlds coming from if we believe in the god that is the same today yesterday and tomorrow there's no difference there's no difference between our worlds because we're worshiping the same god who doesn't change through time there's no difference. Yes, there might be some cultural differences, but God, the thing right. that is worthy of our praise, the, the, the deity that we worship, God himself doesn't change. And because of that, there is less of a difference between, our, between us, you know, us now, believers of modern day and believers of ancient day, than we think. It says, on what grounds? On the grounds that God does not change. Fellowship with him, trust in his word, living by faith, standing in the promises of God are essentially the same realities for us today as they were for the Old and New Testament believers. Yeah. That's comforting. To know that he's still the same. Say it again so I believe you here. Your face doesn't tell me that you believe it yourself. I would say that's comforting that it's still the same. <laughs> Um, just, I guess, yeah, I mean, you look at through, which I would, well, I shouldn't say I would love to do, I need to do and want to do, but just going like through the Bible again, just to see, um, where, or how God treats his people, which obviously once, you know, you go against, well, disobey him and go against what he has called you to do or has set for you to do, unfortunately, there will be some consequences. But he's always, like, willing and wanting to be there for you again if you trust and get back to obeying (laughs) kind of thing. Okay. But the next chapter. Yeah, what about the next chapter? Chapter 8, The Majesty of God. Well, yeah. What about this chapter? Um, <laughs> it made me want to, uh, it made me want to, uh, <laughs> it made you want to break the song. habit? Yes. No, it made, well, it made me want to, yes, it made me want to uh, try and make a song. There's a lot of things that made you try to want to make a song and yeah. 
Oh, yeah. You break that habit. What? Try and just do? Yep. Yeah. There is no try, only do. No, I mean, there's try. You just don't get far. <laughs> so, <laughs> not all the time. All right. So, chapter eight is called The Majesty of God. I'm going to read the summary generated by AI. Oh, your AI stuff. Yep. Chapter eight of Knowing God by J.A. Packer is titled The Majesty of God. Hey, you got that right. In this chapter, Packer emphasized the greatness and holiness of God and the awe and reverence that should characterize our relationship with him. Packer begins by explaining that God's majesty encompasses his greatness, his sovereignty, and his holiness. He argues that our understanding of God's majesty is essential to our worship of him and that it should inspire a deep sense of reverence and humility in our hearts. Packer then goes on to discuss some common misunderstandings about God's majesty such as the idea that God's greatness and holiness are distant or unapproachable. He argues that while God's majesty should inspire a sense of awe and reverence, it should also lead us to draw near to him in faith and worship. Furthermore, Packer suggests that an understanding of God's majesty has practical implications for our daily lives. He explains that if we truly believe in God's majesty, we will strive to live holy and obedient lives. And we will also seek to share the gospel with others, so that they too may come to know and worship him. Overall, chapter 8 of Knowing God emphasizes the importance of understanding and appreciating God's majesty and the impact that this understanding should have on our worship and our daily lives as believers. Woo! Aaron, your take on chapter 8, The Majesty of God. That was nice. That was a nice little rhyme right there. Take on chapter 8. Work. (laughs) <laughs> well you have majesty and greatness underlined which just our word majesty comes from the latin meaning greatness yep. so majesty when applied to god is always a declaration of his greatness and invitation to worship which ai was doing pretty good with saying Gosh, I don't, I was really getting into it. It looks like at the bottom of 85, I'm looking for scribbles. Okay. Um, Yeah, go over your scribbles because those are going to be more important for you. So 80, at the bottom of 85, I can hide my heart and my past and my future plans from those around me. But I cannot hide anything from God. I can talk in a way that deceives my fellow creatures as to why, as to what I really am. But nothing I say or do can deceive God. He sees through all my <laughs> reserve and pretense. He knows, he knows me as I really am better indeed than I know myself. <gasps> It's kind of freaky. <laughs> it's kind of freaky, huh? Um, yes. Why? So, I, well, at the top of the page, I, I wrote in your book, I'm so sorry. That's fine. I did have, why then do we lie, or I guess like in a sense lie to people and kind of deceive others around us. And so I had a couple little, two little questions was it is it these are just first thoughts 
yeah right away was was it for our own like pleasure are we afraid to be honest and deal with like the sin and what we actually want desire i guess at our <gasps> root kind of thing and mm-hmm. i was like is it just both of them which i would imagine it's just both of them I, I, to some degree to some degree i don't know so much unless you really like to cause pain if you're really like lying well, for pleasure well i mean a lot of people do yeah. right i don't know if they like to cause well it's they it's more they want to maybe prevent pain to themselves well to themselves yeah not to other people though yeah i don't know I, I, this is where I start nitpicking things and like the terminology and the wording. Trust me, I just did a competition at work and I overthought every single answer and almost cost my team the win because I spent almost the entire time on question one <laughs> because I was overthinking it. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, I freely admit I will do that. Well, I guess I, I'm, I guess, well, like lying doesn't have to hurt no it doesn't necessarily so yeah because i'm i guess i'm thinking i lie was just like the first i guess simplistic probably incorrect word to use where but where it talks about hiding your heart sort of thing right like what when you're interacting with people I guess I'm, I just think of like the whole putting on the church face thing mm-hmm. where if you're going to church, you can interact and in a sense, I guess, sort of enjoy the benefits of a church community. But then on the backside, you, how you, I, well, I guess just a great uh, description of a hypocrite was that you just do whatever you want on your own time. And live your own life and do your own things and just kind of use the church and abuse the church sort of thing for your own benefit. All right, fair. Um, so that was, I guess, one of the things I was thinking of. And okay, when I get and when I think of like being afraid to be honest about what's going in the heart, is then going through the pain of dealing with it. Because it does hurt. Okay. To try and correct and fix, I guess, the sinful nature of ourselves. See, this added a bunch of context in that helped me there now be able to understand and comprehend your <laughs> question I'm going, better. Okay. Because just taking the questions at face value at first, I was like, um, yes, I'm I I need more context clues, otherwise I'm gonna fill in my own context clues. And then I overanalyze it, it and is. then <laughs> that there's my things there's happen my stuff. But yeah, we we do. So read the questions again, because I want to make sure I understand them with this added context. Read, just, just read them. So it's, it's why do we, I guess I want to say just deceive, but it's easier to write, smaller to write, lie but right. to people. And then, so on the side thought, like the question answers I had for it was, mm-hmm. is it so far just our own pleasures? Or is it because we're afraid to be honest with it and deal with our sinful desire kind of thing? Or is it just both? 
Because it can be both. I would say probably more number two Mm -hmm. uh, uh, than anything. And and the reason I say it's probably going to be more number two is a lot of these times when we're going to put on these fake masks, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's because we don't want to be found out about something. We want to fit in with that culture or that group, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And we know if they see the real what's behind the mask, or at least we think, we think that if they see what's behind the mask, they may not approve of or agree with or accept us based on that. And therefore, in order to fit in, mm-hmm. we will deceive by putting donning that, that mask. mask, donning those lies, donning those desires down deep, and on the surface, do what needs to be done. That's my answer. Yeah, you've kind of played the game. Exactly. But then, which in the end is causing you a lot more pain in the long haul. Oh, yeah. And then also what it does is, and uh, he puts, I had my heart, my past, my future plans from those around me, right? Yeah. If you hide your heart, if you hide your past, there's a difference between being proud of your past and like if it's things that you've done that are sinful, let's say, okay, mm-hmm. whatever it is, there's a difference between being proud of it and be like, oh, I slept with a hundred women. Look at me. What was that game? The body count? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Woo. Okay. There's a difference between that, okay, and being, hey, you know what? When I was younger, before I met God or while I was walking away from God, I screwed up. Here's how I screwed up. Here's why I regret that. And it's not that you go and tell that to everyone, right? But, but for example, okay, I'm actually going to be going to um, lunch with yeah. my, the youth pastor at my, the church I'm going to now. Yeah. And we're going to go to lunch. And he, literally, he's like, I want to hear... Your story. <laughs> this is going to be a lunch and dinner and maybe breakfast tomorrow thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know what's going on, right? Yeah. There is stuff in my past I am not proud of, okay? No. But here's the deal. I can now use the knowledge of some of that. Mm-hmm. Like, would, if we go and he goes, I have a team that's dealing with blah. He goes, I, I have no idea. I'm mean, like, hey, I can at least guide you on some of this because I've been there, done that. Have the t-shirt. You know, whatever. Whatever, whatever the current phrase is. Uh, he'll, there'll somehow be some weird club phrase. I don't know that he knows. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. gosh. Yeah. Okay. Whatever it is. Yeah. So there's a difference between me going, well, yeah, I did this. Look at me. I'm so awesome. And the, I went through this. I know what it's like. I know how it kills and eats from the inside. Here's my advice on how to get through it. There's a difference there. Because on one of those, the heart is prideful over what happened. Unrepentant. And one of them, the heart is, I screwed up. I messed up. But I want to help others not make that same or as deep a mistake as I did. Right. And that's why I, I see that I can hide my heart in my past, my future plans from those around me. 
but can I hide thing from God? Well, at the same time, don't have to hide it. If you decide not to hide it, and it's God honoring, even if it's a bad screw up in the past, it can be used for good. And that's why, like I said, me and him are going to go and have lunch one of these days, and um, it's going to be a longer lunch. You better be ready. <laughs> there, there's like, yeah, I, 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 I haven't told him yet. I was like, but essentially, there's like three threads that will be woven throughout and like look here's a story of three threads and we're yeah. gonna have um quite the conversation yeah i don't think you know what you're getting yourself into <laughs> oh no i know he doesn't know yeah. what he's getting himself into <laughs> yeah. i really you know yeah. what's crazy i think he's about your age <laughs> well, i'm glad i don't have the same uh same what? Phrases? <laughs> no, he's not all of them. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's, it's funny. But he's a, he's he, a goof. He's a goof. That yeah. Yes, that's for sure. And uh, this past Sunday, actually. Um, yeah, he so, spoke. Well, so. Not, well, not. So he spoke at an adult church, right? Yeah. But in youth group, his youth pastor from when he was a teenager from in Indiana came and spoke to the youth group. This. This past Sunday. Last, yeah, last week Sunday. Yeah. Wow. That's fun. Uh-huh. Interesting. That was very entertaining. So is there like a resemblance and Oh no. Uh, oh, so okay. Oh, <laughs> oh have, no. I wouldn't have thought so much. Oh, oh no. No, 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 no. Okay. But, okay. but yeah, it, I shoot. Oh, so when you were saying um earlier where it's like you you know doesn't mean you have to go out and tell everybody everything <laughs> myself is just like screw it what does it matter anymore <laughs> you know so, and, and that and that that's to some degree and that's your call yes, you know that, yeah. that there's certain things that you can share whatever there's certain things that i'm gonna share every personal detail with everybody about I, my life no I, I wouldn't say that they're more like sensitive but they're also at the same time like okay there's a i'm trying to talk without talking if that makes sense i don't know how you do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a certain group i'm a part of and um on discord and I was chatting with one of the guys on there, and he was going, how do you tell your parents about this? Okay. This is a, a group that's just for guys in here okay. uh, for accountability and some other stuff, okay? I think I've told you about it. In fact, I know I've told you about it. Um, and one, what I told this, this guy, and, and every, all the chats are in public. There, there's no private chats mm. in, in this thing, okay, so for full accountability on stuff. What I told him is this. I said, as I've grown older and dealt with this, I've learned a couple things. One of those things is not everyone needs to know your business in this regard because not everyone has their be your best interest in this regard. Right. Some, of the, some people, regardless of their family or friends, will take whatever and use it as a weapon against you. If you're at a spot, maturity-wise and stability-wise, where you can endure that then do whatever you like but if you even doubt yourself 
be wise on who you talk to about this. Because it may seem like it's not an issue now, but down the road, it will be. And if I seem cagey about what I'm talking about, I am for the moment. We'll get there. Wait, what? We'll get there eventually. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll say, wait, what? We'll get there eventually. You know what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, I'm, I'm following. I, I didn't catch. Camera and, audio don't, camera and audio don't know. We'll get there eventually. Don't worry. That's going to come a few months. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a few of them. Yeah. <gasps> me, and Aaron, going me, so me and Aaron have been talking about this since January. Don't even, don't, don't even tell me when. Since January of this year. For later on this year. Almost half a year in. I gave you almost a half year lead on this. A half a year. Time's flying by. I said almost a half year. I didn't give you quite well, a half know, a year. Not a but, whole half year. But I mean, almost. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm being cagey a little bit, but not because I don't want to say. Right. But at the same yeah. time, I'm being cagey so that way we have, I don't break anything that you want to say on that thing yeah. or talk about. Yeah. That's, that's going to be Aaron's, like one of his, where he leads fully. It's going to be great. <laughs> and that was going to be a video. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Goodness. It's going to be mm, chef's kiss. I've been seeing that more lately. I'm like, where is this coming from? Like this, that phrase. It's just like, hmm, all right. It's the internet. The internet brings stuff to fruition. However, it likes. But regardless of the fact, that's what we're, we're talking about these chapters again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was there anything yeah. else in this chapter that you highlight? Because I do have some other notes as well. Besides, yeah, go I ahead. Because uh, the next thing I, it it's, starts on the second half of 86 okay I, i'm then, going back to 83 here yeah keep yeah, so i wrote this the one reason why our faith is so feeble and our worship is flabby is because we lack knowledge of god's majesty according to packer yes the other thing is he referenced a book called your god is too small did you just catch I did, that i did yes I did okay see that. so i had to look it up because i was like what is this book i don't know anything about this what is this so your god is too small is a book written by jb phillips that explores common misconceptions about god and challenges readers to expand their understanding of him um phillips says and argues that many people have a limited and inadequate view of god shaped by their own experiences and preconceptions he identifies 12 different false gods that people often worship instead of the true god such as the resident policeman who is only concerned with punishing wrongdoers or the grand old man who is distant and disconnected from everyday life. Uh, God, Phillips goes on to say that God is much greater than any of these false gods and that our understanding of him should be shaped by the Bible and by the life of Jesus. He emphasizes that God is not just a distant, impersonal force, but a loving and caring father who is intimately involved in our lives. Throughout the book, Philip encourages readers to examine their beliefs about God and to challenge any misconceptions or limitations may have have they may have. He emphasizes that the importance of a personal personal relationship with God and the transformative power that comes from a deeper understanding of His nature and character. So I was like, oh, okay, that, that you know that that explains why he included it in here because he goes, this is a timely book. I was like. Yeah, this might be a timely book when you wrote this and when it first came out, but now in 2023, people are like, huh? I haven't read, heard this book. How is it timely? Why is it timely? 
that's why it's timely. Because it talks about those misconceptions we have about God, period. And then 8384 wrote, God is personal yet majestic, where we are finite and not majestic. I think of majestic, anytime I think of majestic, I think of one of those like pets with long, flowing, majestic hair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. A unicorn. And then, since you said you didn't have anything till 86 here. Correct. Uh, God is not a mere cosmic principle. He's not sitting there going down the hallway of life going, you're late to school. Go down to your classroom now. Da, ba, ba. You're skipping class again. Naughty, naughty. Um, he's not impersonal and different. He's a living person. Unfortunately, unlike us, well, unfortunately for us, I should say, unlike us, he doesn't have any of our flaws. So, you know. It, yeah, we can't go, oh, God screw up like us. No, because he doesn't screw up. Sorry. He's not a Gnostic. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> now, when he talks about, you know, some faith and all that and our response to majesty and everything, he talks about uh, Abraham and Sarah and her reaction when she was told she was going to be pregnant with a kid. And I wrote here. I mean, if I'm being honest, I'd probably laugh too if I was told I was going to have a kid in my 90s. Much more so if I was going to be the one to bear it as Sarah was. As a man, I know I would be able to produce a child, although it might induce chest clenching in my 90s. <laughs> yeah. Might produce a heart attack or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> too much physical exercise, apparently. Well, that, that, that's what I wrote. So they probably got a lot more than we do today, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, they didn't. Probably they did. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm saying, especially like in our modern day and how we live and everything. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be, yeah. be dead. <laughs> oh, this and this is the last note I wrote. And I was just like, I, I, I was like, I love how Packer tells us to compare and think of God in a specific way, a.k.a using our imagination to think of God just reminds me of earlier chapter where he says, don't use your imagination to think of God as a specific way when worshiping. Remember when he was talking about um, idolatry and all that and using our imagination and everything. I was like, it just, I didn't say it was a direct contradiction. I just said it reminded me of, of that back in the earlier chapters. I was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Interesting. Not even. How's that again? Thank you. I wanted two takes of that. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you have to realize now. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Now I'm kind of curious to go back through that beginning stuff and check that out. You do realize that, you know, when I did research papers in that in college, I, I like finding links between chapters of books was like, what I did a lot of <sighs> analyzing books, analyzing songs, analyzing movies. Everything is separate, okay? <laughs> no, everything is awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Adding that song to the list. <laughs> I'm going to use my one veto. <laughs> Anything else from this chapter? Because I know it's already near the end of it. It is. I So the thing that like got me, I was like, oh song <laughs> was all of this uh where it just talks about like behold your god yeah um i like how it says that pretty much at the end of every 
every uh, paragraph for the section of the incomparable one. Mm-hmm. And I have the whole, I guess, something about the third full paragraph. I was just like, yeah. How's um, that again? <laughs> I'd put three, <laughs> three exclamation points. No, I want the whole thing. I want like, the, yeah! the sound effect. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it goes, now look at the nations. The prophet continues. The great national powers at whose mercy you feel yourselves to be. Assyria, Egypt, Babylon. You stand in awe of them and feel afraid of them. So vastly do their armies. Wow, names. Wow. So vastly do their armies and resources exceed yours. But now consider how God stands related to those mighty forces, which you fear so much. Surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. Before before him, all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. Uh, that, uh, Isaiah 40, 15, and 17. You tremble before the nations. I'm guessing, I'm hoping you had to check that on me. No, uh, that is Isaiah. Okay, whew. Uh, you tremble before the nations because you are much weaker than they, but God is so much greater than the nations that they are as nothing to him. Behold your God. And I mean, so all this stuff just wants to uh, think about just how great, I guess, obviously the whole majestic Mm -hmm. he is. And Yeah, this is, I just, I loved this section because I was like, he gets so, everybody does it, but he just gets so caught up in thinking of, obviously, how minuscule we are compared to the people that are above us sort of thing. And it's, depending on what the situation is, I mean, it's easy to be fearful and afraid and of certain things going on, especially as the world seems to get crazy and crazier every moment. Um, but oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I guess reading that was just a reminder and just something that just brought some peace of mind where it's like, yes, all this stuff is going on. There's nothing I can do. I guess for to some degree some stuff, but it's like at the end of the day, this God that we serve is ultimately in control. And they have obviously absolutely nothing compared to him. So at the end of the day, I'd say we're in good hands. <laughs> All right. In great hands per se that just that whole section i was like man yes this is sweet uh so yeah that part got me excited and then yeah the next stuff i have is on well just a little segment i've underlined is in the bottom of 88 and there's one more thing I, i think this is you have underlined on 89 so for the thing in 88 is Oh, I'm gonna. So it's in a section titled "Our Response to Majesty," and I am. I'm a couple paragraphs down. 
at the end of one, uh, at the end of the, the second, well, third, I guess, technical paragraph. If you have been resigning yourself to the thought that God has left you high and dry, seek grace to be ashamed of yourself. Such unbelieving pessimism deeply dishonors our great Wow, our great God and Savior. I was like, mm. I thought that was interesting. Was to seek grace to be ashamed of yourself. Like seek grace to be ashamed. I, I, I guess it seems was, contradictory in terms, doesn't it? Yeah, it seemed weird. Essentially, what I think he's trying to say is like, find a way to humble yourself about this. You should just write something simpler. He's British. <laughs> he can't write simple. That's just not in his forte. Not his forte. And then at the end for 89 is the section that is underlined is how slow we are to believe in God as God. Uh, sovereign, all-seeing, and almighty. How little, well, now I'm just continuing mm-hmm. on, how little we make of the majesty of our Lord and Savior Christ. The need for us is to wait upon the Lord in meditations of his majesty till we find our strength renewed through the writing of these things upon our heart. But, yeah. Especially, uh, as American folk, I would say, probably are very slow to really, I guess, believe in God as God sort of thing. Whereas we just don't have that, like, immediate confidence in, in him and trust. As opposed to other countries where that's pretty much all they have. <laughs> we have it so nice and fluffy and soft here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we do. All right. Well, you literally closed out chapter eight. Good job, Aaron. <laughs> Thanks.